Syria Ah fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Welcome back, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani. This is not the voice of your usual intro maker, Chris Ross, the boss. Chris Ross, I know we promised you that all three of us were going to be here today. That's a lie. Chris had some other issues to sort out today. So today we're going with the final combination before we reform like Voltron Wu-Tang style. My name is Tad and I'm here with Marco. And we're side by side, looking at each other's eyes, back on back in the old Northwest DC. This is the first time in three years that we actually are wearing headphones. We got the mics out. Feels kind of official. Yeah, man. I mean, I feel like uh, you know, if Steve Cerruti starts following you on on Twitter or something like that, like you need you need to, you need to up that game. That's what we're trying to do right now, man. I mean, do I'm very close to like spitting a freestyle verse the way we look right now. I feel good. I feel good. My nips are hard. I'm ready to roll. We should do some push-ups, uh, throw some cold water on our heads, but uh, let's let's get in the podcast, man. And the one thing that you and I feel like people haven't been talking about that much, which has gotten us both super hyped, is this UEFA Nations League, man. I mean, this is looking this is looking pretty nice out there. Uh, once once you fill everybody in as to what the UEFA Nations League is for those that are living under a rock and and haven't heard. Living under a rock like us probably two hours ago as we were prepping this pod, well. Look, I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to take out the monotony of the friendly games. They're trying to probably make more money. That's probably with the the root of all evil here. But essentially, they've divided up uh, the European international teams into different groups based on their their coefficients, and they will play together tournament style. There's relegation and promotion, uh, and then at the end, there's going to be a final, uh, and then there's like another opportunity to get into the Euros. So that's about as much as I can give you right now. Yeah, it's basically like this amalgamation of like the relegation practices of your standard Euro League and then like the groupings of Champions League, but played with international squads. So, man, I got to say, I'm definitely here for this, uh, you know, especially as a fan of the United States men's national team and the Azzurri, uh, who. Shout for that mic. Yeah, sorry. I, 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 my this this new setup isn't conducive to my violent hand gestures, so I got to put some wine in a can and and figure it out. But anyways, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Um, you know, I, I'm here for this, especially somebody who's a U.S. men's national team and Atsuri fan. You know, and, and having bitter disappointment of missing out of the World Cup and like having to actually kind of figure out what the heck international soccer is outside of these major tournaments and like they don't really matter uh, you see teams like grossly underperform and i just don't think that there's that competitive factor to it and so honestly i don't care if uefa is trying to you know stack those dollars because that's all uefa tries to do the only thing is with all these added on international tournaments that that mean things um you know that they're, they're meaningful games is this actually going to like take away from the hype that is the uh the like the Euro Cup and then the, the World Cup every four years. I doubt it. I doubt it. You know those things have so much history. I think now the issue is, you know, Ronaldo's not playing in this in these in these UEFA Nations game, and so the key is going to be 
Like, they're trying to build it up. They had a nice little video on UEFA.com on the setup of the tournament. I, I recommend everybody watch that. But if the players don't take it serious, then, you know, it's not going to be any different than a friendly. Ultimately, people like the World Cup and the Euros because it's always been there and it's tradition. Yeah, the one thing about this one is the players take it seriously is, you know, there's a greater chance of risking injury if you're, you know, basically going out and play. Like, I think if you're, you know, a player that plays in this, plays in your club team, then also uh, plays in the Champions League or like Europa, it's just like another tournament stacked on you that, that really matters. But from a standpoint, fan standpoint, heck yeah, man. I would love to see this, just another tournament where you get to see more of what a national team has to showcase rather than, you know, every two or four years, depending. But I think that we just we live in such a, 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 a short attention span era that, like, I don't think it's going to take any away from the other tournaments. Play on, play ya. Let's see some more. Well, enough of the UEFA Nations League tournament. What could possibly, even though we hope that it's, you know, it's the Dolomite. Let's get into uh, uh, match week three uh, with the rundown. Juventus keep winning, but there's shade and pessimism all around the team. Napoli catch a waxing from Sampdoria like Steve Carell in the 40-year-old version. Milan get the first win of the season against a Roma team that has now sucked the most to start a season in five years. OTR win a derby-ish by waxing the mustache off the nones of Frozy. Fiorentina, a.k.a. Fiorentina University, take another team to school in consecutive weeks. Inter close their Scudetto gap to Juve by five points with the help of a ninja. Only five points behind at this point. Sassuolo are showing they deserve to be in the discussion for one of the most surprising teams of the season so far. Atalanta spend the week spiraling like the Trump White House. And finally, Empoli versus Chievo reminds us all why we drink like Atalanta fans after this past week. Don't forget to catch us on social media. We're also on any platform that carries podcasts. So just search Corv America, look us up, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Tad, what else do you need to do? Dude, you got to throw that five-star rating, man, because you put four, you're a hater. You're a hater. So throw five stars, help us. Uh, you know, if you, if you think it's a four-star podcast, just write us directly and we'll give you your money back. All right. All right, guys. And now let's get started with week one with the Champions League teams. Up first, surprise, surprise, we have Golden State Juventus taking on Team Pasta Cheese, Parma. Juventus win this one 2-1. And, you know, Juve claim a third straight victory against, a, I think, a pretty dangerous-looking Parma team. But, you know, out of hell with it. Let's just gas bag about Ronaldo. Yeah, I mean, if, if he's not scoring, he's going to be the lead narrative. Because if after all that money spent and some of the figures that came out on this guy's salary being more than the bottom 10 teams in Serie A, this guy needs to score some goals. I don't care how old he is. I don't care how well greased his hair is and how tan his skin is. Man, I love Ronaldo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Ronaldo Jr. gets four goals for the under nine, so he has uh, quadrupled his father's uh, uh, production um, for the Juventus uh, uh, overall organization. 
You know, this this to me kills me, man. I mean, Ronaldo, yes, he's getting paid $31 million a year. And like you said, it's more than 10 teams' wage bills. I think the guy behind him is uh, Fatboy G. Higuain is getting paid like 9.5 mil. But come on, man. I mean, like this dude, it, it, everyone is headhunting him because he hasn't, uh, uh, you know, scored that goal yet. And he had kind of that lackluster celebration um, for Mandzukic's goal. That he, you know, that he biffed the scoring, and you have, you know, people throwing shade on him everywhere. The Croatian coach, uh, Zlatko Dalic, which I don't think you can talk trash to anybody when your name is Zlatko Dalic. He's like the the new bad guy of the of the latest Rocky film that's going to come out, and yeah, he, he, whenever he, Stallone gets off his uh, gets off his couch, he, he's somebody that Guile has to fight in Street Fighter 2018. <laughs> um, you know, Del Piero throwing shade, Twitter all over him. And, you know, there's all these things like, you know, he averages eight shots a game, but he hasn't scored. And to me, it's 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 crazy because, like, Juventus has won nine points. So, I mean, like, everybody everybody in the Italian league, if unless you're a Juventus fan, needs to be like, hey, man, I hope this guy never starts scoring because if he starts scoring, this, you know, this is going to be the no-limit soldier train that, you know, that just can't be stopped. Well, apparently, if you're uh, Juve fans, you've got nothing to worry about because you still – Racking in the points, and Mandzukic is stepping up to the plate, scoring almost every game that they play in. Uh, and again, they just have so much depth. We keep saying it every week, so I'm not going to go down that road again. But holy hairlines, Batman. Jervinho's back. Did Jervinho look nasty in this game? Apparently he went to China and you know got in a Zen garden, and now he has a touch. Because, I mean, he does score one off his knee in this one, but he's got a sick dime. Uh, that Chesney made, a, uh, or almost dime, that Chesney made a sweet double save on. But, you know, I mean, Trevino, he's, he's looking like the dopest free transfer that, that you could possibly get. The Jerv, his back. Well, we'll be talking about this throughout the entire podcast, but Trevino is yet another ex-Roma player turning up in the city, uh, making the team of the week here, at least the Corp of America's team of the week, begrudgingly putting another ex-Roma player yeah. on there. I'd like to start collecting these guys, so as once we get to Roma, that... You know, maybe they can they can put out a little bit more performance, but Gervinho to the wall uh, is back in the Serie A and, and making an impact right away. The base. Well, moving on to the second game of the week in the Champions League spots, and big surprise here, man. We got Sassuolo versus Genoa. Sassuolo, the number two team in the league, and they win this one with a waxing five three. Sassuolo was deemed a triple X Cinderella team last. Last week, when you were not here, Tad, while you were busy getting your tan on, getting your Cristiano Ronaldo on. Don't I look rested? Oh, and by rested, uh, just burnt? That's right. Well, we got we got this nickname going for them because three seasons ago, they really did have a Cinderella story type result and got themselves into the Europa League. They have some, they got Prince Boateng up top, they got the Prince of Sassuolo and Berardi, and they got Babacar now, so I'm just calling them Triple X Cinderella, they're sexy, they're the underdogs, and they got some serious firepower, eight goals in three games, that's pretty impressive, giving them seven points in three, and look, if they can keep this up, uh, it's going to be very impressive, but I have a, a feeling that the midnight that midnight will strike early on this dirty Cinderella. I don't believe that they're going to be able to sustain it despite having some players up front. I don't know, man. I mean, Sassuolo is a team that I want to fall for uh, just because Berardi, you know, three, two, three seasons ago 
was you know just looking like he was going to be the bee's knees, looking like he was going to be that next hundred million dollar uh, uh, winger uh, uh, attacking player, you know, in the Serie A, and he's he's fallen off with injuries and whatnot. But in the back of your mind, you always want this dude to do well because you know he's still young. He's twenty three. He's nasty. He's big. He's creative. And then you throw guys like rap star Prince Boateng out there, you know, setting that tempo. And, and Babacar, I mean, when he played with Fiorentina, we were always so super confused as to how come, you know, he'd be ripping it up in Europa League and Fiorentina would be struggling in the league. Like, why aren't they throwing this guy out there? Uh, so, you know, I mean, it, it seems that like maybe De Zerbi uh, was doing something that the hat man, Giacchini, um, couldn't do after EDF's uh, uh, departure is... You know, bringing this team together. I mean, a Cessual team scoring five goals, that seems like the, the same se- the team three years ago. Yeah, but they gave up three, too, against a Genoa team that is uh, shaky at best. Uh, I know it's early in the season. Um, but they did get Crescito back uh, and Crescito. Is that how you say it? Crescito. Man, I really need to work on my Italian here. Italian word of the day. Crescito. Uh, he's, he's Napoleon. Uh, but he feels Genoese, seven years in Russia, finally back in the Serie A, and he's rocking that captain's armband. The real story, though, is Piatek. I think that's how that you say it. Piatek. Piatek. Let's go Piatek. with that. Uh, top of Europe's goal-scoring charts right now. I mean, he's got seven goals, four in Coppa Italia, three in the league, and uh, maybe he's the new Pistolero. Have you seen his uh, celebration? He does like kind of like a cross thing, boom, boom, boom. Actually kind of looks like a... Uh, a Tekken celebration when you win the KO fight. What do you think about that? I don't only remember Tekken is the is the Bruce Lee ripoff of the guy in the in the yellow <laughs> jumpsuit. Um, I mean this this Piatek guy. Where did this this man come from? So hot He's, to start the season, and it's good to have you know people in Genoa have somebody you know they can they they, they can hype up like this because of the you know the tragedy a few weeks back um so i'm here for it man let's 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 get another standout sensation for you know real madrid or barcelona or man city to buy next year yeah hot take well moving on our next match of the week um is is a team that's brought a lot of uh, uh enjoyment and excitement to the Serie A so far this season we have fiorentina versus udinese Fiorentina win this one 1-0, and Fiorentina University go 2-for-2, two two, but I would say in this one, to Nese, they're more FU than Fiorentina University. And why we call them Fiorentina Universities, man, look at the age of this team. They are young. They're young. The oldest player on the field is 27 in this one. It's Petzella was 27, Victor Hugo is 27, Isarich is 26, but I es- mean... Esarich? Yeah, Assyric. sounds like uh, it should be on the table of elements. We need Corp Americans to send us voice messages on uh, how to pronounce all these names. Obviously, we need help on the Italian ones too, uh, but especially for my man Piatek and uh, Assyric, I think we need some help on those too. It's, it, it sounds like we're purchasing weapons in an armory with Piatek <laughs> and Assyric, like. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you look at Fiorentina University, and Florence is also known as being a city of full of American you know, study abroad students. But like, you know, they're all like that college age, and they look super young, and they're just coming in, and with this this youth, just picking up where they left off last year when they had that. In, I mean, they were the the best team in Serie A the last ten games of the season last year. Um, and man, I mean, just how about you? You know, in this one, the uh, the goal is you know Fiorentina used sophomore Chiesa. 
uh, with a beautiful assist to Benasti, a.k.a. DJ Benasti, a.k.a. the super senior. Um, you know, I mean, how, how are you feeling about this team so far? Yeah, Benasti wiping the mother's breast milk off his lip as he's putting in his third goal of the season. I mean, this guy, he's young. Uh, he's got the confidence of the coach. Him and Chiesa really just kind of leading the squad, and they're both Italian. They both got brought up to the national team, and we know Mancini's uh, looking for more and more young Italians to be starring uh, throughout the Serie A. I'm really excited about Fiorentina. I do think that they're going to fizzle out because usually young teams do. And like you said, oldest player on the field to start the game was 27. I mean, how rare is that in a league like Serie A? If you're not, you know, a releg- a, pr- a promoted team, Juventus B coming up into Serie A. You know what I mean? It's just it's unbelievable that you have such a young squad, and they are doing pretty well. But it's only a couple games into the season. Uh, I do fear that they will get the uh, sophomore slump and uh, and just kind of start to fizzle a little bit. Well, it has only been two games because you know I figure you know they're the top four, but they have a game in hand. They're the only team uh, left in the league outside of Juventus that has capitalized on all of their points, has reached max points. Max points. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the young boys down there basically getting their dollars up for Inter to buy one of them. Um, Udinese, on the other hand, just uh, you know, they're, they're, they're not showing a whole lot so far. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm waiting for Kevin Lozani to turn up so we can hype him some more. Um, no goals. Not only uh, does he disappoint me because it's, he's got a super sweet name in Kevin Lasagna, but he's also the featured striker on my Fantacalcio team, which goes to show why I'm 19th out of 20th in the league. Um, I think I'm. I think I'm maybe 20th, which will bring our Corver America average to what? What's Chris? Like halfway in the league? I don't know. We're trash. Halfway in the coffin in this league. Yeah. In the coffin. Put him in a coffin. But 1-0, young boys of, uh, of Fiorentina University, bringing it home. Udinese still waiting to turn up. That rolls us into our next surprise team, uh, the fourth-place team in the league. That's Spall. Uh, they play Torino in this one, but they unfortunately go down in flames. Torino wins this one one zero. Man, it's the Corv America curse, Tad. You cursed us when we were watching the Roma-Milan game talking trash about Rodriguez about one minute after, right before he uh, got the assist on the goal. Uh, but he's, That man's an enigma, man. He is a Swiss guy named Rodriguez with a ponytail. I know, I know. God, I wish I could have hair like that, though. I just get the fro. Anyways, let's not talk about my problems. Let's talk about the Great Wall of Spall having been breached this week after me hyping him up last week. Uh, I was very excited uh, with my new nickname for Gomez, uh, Spall's Keeper, keeping out, keeping two clean sheets in two games, and they were the last team to not have any goals scored on them. And, of course, they get scored on by Torino, but not just Torino. It was by the center back, and he's like the orc in the Lord of the Rings, too, that jumps under the wall and explodes. And then, you know, probably it's going to, when it rains, it pours. And, unfortunately, the Great Wall of Spall will just be a distant memory runs pretty up, soon. Runs up on the thing looking like he's holding a basketball with sprinklers coming out of it. <laughs> Shoot him, Legolas! Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, Spall is a surprise, but I have to say they have some depth. 
Uh, I'm loving their, their team here, Antenucci and Petagna up top. And they also have uh, Paloski off the bench. Uh, Kurtic is another good player. They, they do have a little bit of depth, uh, Viviani. Uh, so they can bring people off the bench. And I do think that Spal is going to be probably a mid-level team, this uh, mid-table team this year. Torino, on the other hand, if Bellotti is not going to be firing on all cylinders, well... I think that they're also going to be a mid-table team. But he's only one goal away from 50 with Torino. I think he's going to get there sooner rather than later. And uh, look, Torino's going to be okay. They're not going to be uh, you know, a Europa League team, but that's that's kind of my my two cents on them. Well, Dustin Baldman is picking up where Miha and uh, uh, previous coaches are trying to just do anything to raggle this team out of being like ninth or 10th place. They have the talent. Um, they did... Uh, get rid of one player that was uh, uh, one of their better players, the Roma rehab, perhaps he, perhaps rehabbing Roma players by sending Yaish to Besiktas. Um, I still, man, I've been burned too many times. I'm like a scorned lover when it comes to these guys. You know, every year I think they're going to be a dark horse. And this year I know they have, you know, the ex intra coach in, in Dustin Baldwin Mazzari leading the way. You know, it's just it's it, with a lot of these teams, it's too early to tell for me. But Spall, on the other hand, man, just you know, put me on the caboose of that hype train. Um, I'm excited to see the uh, uh, the Ernest Hemingway and and uh, most interesting man in the world combo of Petania and, uh, and 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 Antonucci. I'm sorry to see that the pit has moved. The pit of naked writhing men, women, and unicorns has moved to Ibiza. But uh, you know, say la vie. I mean, that's that, right. that, that island just got way sexier. So, uh, 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 all in all, yeah, I was hoping that Spall would pull out the pull out yet another. I wish the, the, the score was inverse, so we could be sitting here uh, making way too grandiose predictions on Spall. But again, I'm continuing to be an interesting team to watch after last year. Well, there you go to have the top four of the Champions League spots. Now we jump into the Europa League spots. First game up in the Europa League positions is a shocker. Uh, it, it's like it's like a pointer and a middle finger and a pinky finger. Just a total shocker. Uh, <laughs> Napoli, Sampdoria, Sampdoria win this one 3-0. And just, it's just a waxing. Um, Napoli, they actually haven't lost in the Luigi Far- Ferrari since 2009. Um, it's basically about the same time since the last time we saw a formation in this one. Um, that did not feature Hamsik or Calihon in the starting 11. It's been four years since we've seen that. Talk about your all-time backfires, Marco. Yeah, man. And uh, the son of Naples, Quagliarella, scores a wild backheel. I mean, this thing is so serious that it is earth-shaking. It took away from DeFrel's two goals to put them ahead. Uh, you know, again, another ex-Roma player doing his thing, but... Let's talk about Giggity Quags again, because this man is just never going to die. This guy, man, this that that back heel after Pastor, I mean, he just, I mean, it, basically, uh, Pastore should have kept his 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 ponytail for this one, so Quagliarella could have flown to Rome after the game and cut it off him, like he, you know, l- like he's taking a Dothraki's braids. I mean, my underwear blew off and my head exploded when I saw that goal. Um, and, you know, Qualiarella, last year after a super strong season, 
You know, just the giggity goal scorer Quags showing that he's an assassin gives gives me hope that I could, you know, maybe you know do some push ups, run around the block a few times, and you know still be able to play professional Italian soccer. I'm at the age that he's at. You know, and he, and he doesn't celebrate against uh, his boyhood club of Naples. Gives a thumbs up to the goalkeeper. Like, it's all right, bro. There's nothing anybody could have done about that. I mean, I, I, I don't know. In the past couple of years, he's been one of, the, one of my favorite, like, journeyman Italian players to watch. Yeah. I mean, I think he's uh, a Serie A fan favorite overall. Uh, Serie, you know, Serie A fans, they just love their old heads. You know what I mean? Uh, let's talk about DeFrel for a second. Let's not. I got a bone to pick. <laughs> With DeFrel. You come in, you score two goals against, you don't just score two goals, you score two goals against uh, Roma's most direct rival for the last two or three seasons in Napoli. Where was that last season? Yeah. And the first one's just an absolute rim rocker. I mean, I'm still feeling it. My teeth are still chattering from how hard he kicked that one in the back one. You know, I. Defrel and I, I, I kid Defrel, I kid Defrel. I, I, you know, I was hyping him coming out of Sassuolo because, you know, I thought he was a great striker. I thought he, Roma overpaid drastically for him. But as far as I'm concerned, this is basically a brace for Roma. Uh, if, if, you know, Sampdoria are taking three points off of Napoli, um, that's just as good to me as if he scored him for Roma. Um, but you know, I, it's it's good to see that Defrel is coming back and. And being a direct contributor, playing in the right position, and uh, I just think that you know Defrel is just one of those guys that's it's not going to be overly productive on a big team in Italy or anywhere because he's not good enough to play as much as he needs to to you know reach his reach his form and get into a rhythm. But a team like Sampdoria, you know, he can play in position slotted in behind Quagliarella, Gigetti, and uh, you know, kind of show who he is, the player he was two years ago, Sassuolo. Yeah, well. Way to make that you know optimistic, uh, scoring goals for Roma, even though he's not on Roma. Personally, I would have liked to see him perform a little bit under his freaking coach from Sassuolo. Uh, but, you know, I guess uh, Roma will be Roma. So let's talk about Roma. Yeah, our next game of the week, Roma in the final Europa League spot in the Serie A. We have Roma-Milan and roma Get, drops this one. They lose one to two to Milan up at the San Siro. Roma's been called a supermarket. Well, now they're playing like that supermarket that nobody wants to shop at. And in this one, first off, the youngsters, Cutrone. Dude, that guy just looks like a brawler. You know, he's 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 terrifying. Looks like he should be in the Peaky Blinders. Looks American. He, he looks Irish American. I mean, he he looks like. I mean, his name is Patrick. So, you know, who knows? But uh, uh, Those parents were confused. And everyone kept talking about how, uh, you know, him and Iguain won't be able to play together. Iguain with a beautiful assist in this one. And just a killer. A killer at su- such a super young age. I mean, uh, I, I, how, do you, how do you rate Catrone amongst the, uh, the young Italian strikers? It's the, one of those things where, you know, he played last season a decent amount. He got 10 goals as a 19-year-old. What? Yeah. Like, that's incredible. That's the kind of stuff that you see in like South American leagues that like those are the players that come to Europe. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, Cutrone is doing it for Milan. And uh, him and Calabria, by the way. Calabria has been doing pretty well too. He's young. Um, it's just amazing that, you know, this game is just the juxtaposition between the two teams where you have the youngster come in for 10 minutes and scoring the goal. 
and then the two youngsters that everybody's been hyped about on Roma not even showing their faces. And uh, I think EDF takes the blame on this. You know, when there's been so much hype on Wounded and Cliver these last couple weeks, like not even an appearance. As soon as they put in Sharawi, you saw the pace was starting to, you know, take a toll on, on Milan's defense. And I just think that why not put in the young, exciting, you know, flashy players that can boost the energy on the team? Yeah, when I saw this come out, and it was it was great debate amongst uh, many at Roma Club Washington D.C. Uh, uh, members as to this lineup. And you know, I look at it again; it's just it, I thought there were so many players playing out of position. I'm tired of seeing Sheik on the wing uh, when it's you know it's clear that he that's just not really where he's comfortable being. And uh, you know, basically Sheik the anti Cutrone, and if he kicks it. Uh, he gets on. A, he gets a step and kicks it. The the goaltender is going to make an amazing save as you know Kushroni in this one who cuts our throat. You know in the ninety fourth minute. You know I mean, and the main thing. But going back to this this lineup is you know how do you you know I know we play I know Roma played on Monday but how do you not have one of these two guys starting? And then once it seems like hey uh, you know it's one, it's one one we need a little life. How do you not put one of these guys in? And, you know, it just goes into <laughs> it's the sky is falling for Roma fans already. Uh, uh, match week three, uh, the worst start for Roma since under uh, Zeman in 2012-2013. They've conceded 53 shots on goal in three games. And, you know, the fans in Roma are, are just pissed. Uh, you saw that banner that they hung outside, yeah. uh, uh, hung outside of the, uh, uh, the Trigoria um, you know, basically, you know, the whole supermarket thing, we, we, we sold the heart out of this team uh, outside of DeRossi with Strootman and Nangolan leaving. And Allison, and Stroop, you know, Nangolan scores a goal for Inter and Strootman scores a goal and is the man of the match for Marseille when they beat Monaco, man. I mean, do you think there's at this point something to that or are they just not gelling yet? Yeah, they're not gelling yet. Look, y- you roll the dice by bringing in so many young players, um, you know, so quickly uh, over the span of two years and then selling off some of the older ones just because they're at the right price point. Unfortunately, it's like Roma's just been the perpetual team in transition for the last like 10 years. And I think Roma fans are just sick of that. But Roma fans are also harsh, always. Mm -hmm. Uh, One day we love EDF. And just like I started this out, you know, EDF takes the blame. What he did last year with Undid was was great. He eased him in, and Under ended up flourishing at the end of the season. Maybe that's his take on Clivert as well. The problem is that as Roma fans, we've been in transition for so long. As soon as we start seeing some results, we want them to be sustained. And it's not going to happen when you te- tear out the heart of the team. You sell the best the the goalie, who's probably the best player last year for the team. So let's see. I think EDF's a good coach. He'll he'll do fine, but. Man, you know, it's just you're sick of saying it as a Roma fan. Well, maybe we don't want Clivert and Under to play because they'll showcase them a lot, and then they'll just get sold in the transfer window next year to you know Man City or somebody like that. On the other side of the ball, Milan, you know, they get an impressive three points home home win against Roma. Roma, you know, has looked super shaky in the back, but don't take don't take credit away from Milan. You know, Iguain's home debut, their home debut of the season, and they get the three points. And, you know, Gattuso, people were talking about replacing him for Conte before the season started. 
at this point, you got to think this guy has, you know, ha- has earned a, a couple losses before we, we, we start to put the start and put the nails in his coffin. Well, that moves us into our next game of the week. Uh, but this one is the game of the week, the W-E-A-K. And I can't believe we're talking about these two teams so high up in the table. Empoli, sitting in seventh place, takes on Chievo. This game lives up to all the hype with a 0-0 draw. Just, I'll make this one easy for you. 0-0, game of the W-E-A-K, like you just said. Chievo's fresh off a culo blasting 6-1 the week prior against Fiorentina. And now they draw mighty Ampoli. This is not a team that we were used to seeing last year, at least scrapping a bunch, you know. But now they're parking the bus against Ampoli, getting unlucky against Juve and getting trashed on by Fiorentina. Looks like the Ampoli of old or the old Ampoli of old. And uh, again, this this game, not too much into it. We don't have to talk too too heavily about it. Let's let's move on. How's that? Yeah, uh, watching Empoli play, I mean, I, I, I would try and be blacked out before the game was over. So I didn't feel like my time was wasted. But on to the next one. Team Meat Sauce, Bologna takes on Inter. Inter wins this game 3-0. Absolute thrashing of Team Meat Sauce, Bologna. Nangolin making his debut for Inter. Nets a goal on this one. He's going to be featuring Roma's ex-player team of the week. Um, what do you think of Inter in this one? Well, they get the job done. Um, luckily for them, they were playing Bologna this week because Bologna hasn't scored a goal yet. Um, they really just... Bologna looks like they're in trouble this season. Um, it's 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 an inter team that's figuring themselves out. They have a ton of new players, just like Roma. Uh, not like Roma, though. They brought in some real, some real experience. And I loved uh, Inter's transfer market this season. Uh, I think that... Their team, when it gels, is going to be the second uh, best team in Serie A. And they've just done it right. They've also, they also have a coach that, as much as it makes my, uh, the, the hair on the back of my neck stand up thinking about how he treated freaking Totti, I mean, he knows what he's doing. And uh, if they're able to keep uh, some of the off-field antics of Icardi out of their heads, they're going to be in good shape this year. Well, only five points off of Juventus after uh, after three weeks of the season, so uh, the sky should be falling for them. And you bring up uh, Icardi. God, I love the the Icardi marriage. Wanda uh, strikes again on social media, throwing shade at Juventus uh, when asked about uh, uh, the connection that Icardi had um, to Juventus. Maybe Juventus was going to buy him uh, this past transfer window. And she said the only contact Mauro has had with Juve is the seven goals he's scored against them. Boom. I swear. That woman's like a mob wife, you know what I mean? Just gets you in trouble all the time for, for, for just getting a little too rowdy and, and getting out and, and, and causing drama. And we're going to be seeing more and more of her every year. Dude, she's writing books. She's taking, you know, she's being his agent. Dude, this is... This is like Robin Wright Penn in House of Cards. This is Claire Underwood type-ish. Oh, yeah. and, and, and I love it. But Bologna, you know, talk about how they're in trouble, man. I mean, perhaps we could see Inzaghi back down coaching Venezia to try to get them to Syria. I think he's regretting that move. Well, I hope that we at least get to see the brotherly uh, derby before he uh, gets the axe because 
It's going to be sooner rather than later if he doesn't turn meat sauce around. Yeah, the Gruden Bowl or the Harbaugh Bowl. Well, I guess Jim Harbaugh is now down at, uh, uh, in Michigan. But enter right in the ship, getting that three points. We'll move on to uh, another stunner. We have Atalanta versus Cagliari, and Atalanta fail to uh, uh, to capitalize on a Cal- playing this Cagliari team. They lose 1-0. Yeah. And honestly, Cagliari cap off a tough week for not-so-hot Atalanta. That's tough to say. They really, the whole Europa League move that they, they put their B team up against Roma, then they almost won, and then they got the tie. Uh, they were saving their players for the Europa League. They didn't get it done against FC Copenhagen. And now they play Cagliari and lose. Sometimes things just don't go your way. And this was one of those weeks for Atalanta that we really was just boosting. So again, it's the Corp America curse. Uh, maybe w- if we find a team that we like, we should just talk trash about them and see what happens. Yeah, Atalanta seemed like you know just mission super possible. You know, coming into the season, they're frying people left and right in the Europa League qualifiers, and you know they they come in and with a couple of strong showings, uh, and you know their B team is waxing Rome out for most of that game. I mean, I can't believe that Roma came back after after that. Uh, you know, after that first half. Um, and then I was just, I would have, uh, you know, I would have, I would have almost bet a finger that they were going to at least make the Europa League group stages. But you know, it seems to kind of all come apart for them. And, and you know, for a team that was uh, going for the second straight season of you know playing in in three tournaments, uh, it, it, it seems a little bit pessimistic. Now they got to spend the whole season fighting trying to get in that top that top six position. But uh, on the other hand, um, Cagliari in this one, they get their goal from Nicolo Barella, or Nicola Barella, and this guy, man. We were hyping him last year. Uh, he, he looks like he's about to be one of you know, the, the best midfielders in Italy. He's Sardo, uh, you know, born and raised on, on the, in the island of Sardinia. Uh, I saw an interview with him today where uh, uh, you know, they were asking him if there was any pressure about him getting called up to the Italian national team. He's like, nah, man. You know, I got I got that island juice um, <laughs> and uh, uh, that, you know, he's like, hey, you know, I know people have had offers for me to have interested. But, dude, Calgary is that is this is my first choice of team. So it's, it's, it's just crazy. And I'm so impressed by this kid. So many youth Italian players that I'm excited about in the near future here. I mean, we're talking about Barella. We're talking about Cristante. Cristante. Pellegrini. Pellegrini. Bernadeschi's had a couple good games this season. Chiesa is going to be phenomenal. He's only 20. Gagliardini didn't get called to the uni- to the Champions League team for uh, Inter, but he's super young. Uh, uh, Romagnoli. Locatelli. Caldara. Yeah, I mean, you know, we got to be just looking forward here. I think there is just a little bit too much shade being thrown by Mancini this week. Um, we got some, some good prospects and... I agree that they need to be played, but they're coming up, man. Then they're real young, so let's let's look forward to the future here. Yeah, and Mancini, if the shoe's on the other foot, I don't know how many of the young Italians he was featuring uh, when he was coaching at Inter. I exactly, think, I think he was taking as much high-priced talent as he could get. But Calgary with a stunner, and they're riding the wave behind, uh, you know, one of our gold star recruits here at Curve America, and that's Nicola Barella. Moving on, um, we have uh, OTFR versus Frosinone. This game finishes 1-0. OTFR take three points 
in the Derby-ish de la Region, Regione. Um, you know, man, in watching this game, and thanks to ESPN, I have watched way more OTFR games uh, uh, from start to finish than I ever thought I would. Um, and, you know, this game, I mean, this was this was a pretty dominant performance by OTFR. They only win 1-0. This game should have been 300-0, but OTFR is just was so poor at finishing in this one. I mean, Milinkovic, Savic, and Chiri Immobile should have had hat tricks. But, uh, uh, you know, this, this, this Frosinone team comes into uh, uh, the Stadio Olimpico and, and basically just trying to ratchet the boards against the window while they just get an onslaught from OTFR. Yeah, I mean, they only give up one goal ultimately, but Frosinone is one of those teams that, you know, every year you got the team that comes up and you're like, all right, come on. You know, you're, you're kind of cheering for them. You're kind of cheering for them, but you kind of know in the back of your head that they're kind of doomed. Um, look, OTFR, I, I'm going to go reverse on what I usually do here. Great team. Great team. Star-studded Milinkovic Savage. Gonna be great this year. So let's see what that does to, for them. Hopefully, I'm rubbing some of that Corva America magic onto them. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing that they held on to Milinkovic Savage. It's amazing that they didn't get more plundered after last season. You know, they had a couple of tough uh, uh, games, just a couple of tough losses to start the season. They pull one out, 1 0 against a Frosinone team that, I mean, looking at this, at, at you know, the Serie A this year has to be the odds-on favorite for the team that will go down um, with Empoli at a staggering seventh place with four points. Um, uh, OTFR, you know, they're, they're playing to, to try and get in the top four position. And, you know, they started with their uh, their first three points of the season here. Does well, that cover every single team? It covers every single team. Marco, you look good in those headphones. I feel I feel like I look good. Um, and everyone, I guess, is just going to have to take our word for it because it's a podcast. Um, you know, next week... We got some games. No, we no, don't. No, we don't. <laughs> next week, there's a, there's a break for, uh, uh, for the international break. The Atsuri will be taking on Poland and a Ronaldo-less Portugal. Um, really looking forward to seeing some of the youth on that team, seeing uh, how this team comes together you know, with, with Mancini. Uh, I am excited for it, um, but we're you know we'll, we won't have a regular pod next week. We might have a special interview uh, the week after that. We got I think the big game is Napoli Fiorentina. That is definitely a big game. And then Juventus Sassuolo. Ooh, very sexy. Yeah, I'm rooting for the Triple X Cinderellas in that one. Berardi X uh, Juventus, of course, anybody who is young and talented in this league seems to have some sort of connection with them. Uh, I think he's going to get it done. Hopefully I'm not giving them the old Corv America curse. Well, guys, prosciutto. <laughs> prosciutto. Well, guys, be sure to uh, check us out on all the social media where wherever podcasts be found. When you find us, please give us a five-star rating. Um, if you don't, like Bomani Jones says, I'm going to be inclined to think that you're a hater. Um, but until next week, and next week, uh, well, until next week, we might have a special pod until two weeks from now, when I guess we promise that all three of us will finally be together. The uh, the Rubik's Cube will, will have all the, the solid colors on each side. Um, but until then, Rigazzi, Diciamo, Arrivederci. Ciao, ciao.